0: Good to have you back here on a Thursday edition of Sports Talk. How to make sure I got my days right. I mean, I've been off all week. It's what happens when you take a day off with a fourth. Your whole week is off. I lose track of days, don't realize what we're doing. I mean, you know, four Love, and Thunder is starting the show today, and I'm like, wait, it's Thursday, not a Friday. How's that possible? I mean, the whole the whole calendar is off right now, and Adrian, it's almost like we need another weekend just to regroup so we can get back next Monday and get back to business as usual. Yeah,
1: I'm ready for the weekend, Steve, not because, uh, you know, I, I've I've been off, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, so I'm all right, but I, I need the weekend to just reset my days of the week because I feel like today is like Wednesday, and I look up and tomorrow is Friday, so yes, I, I'm totally with you on that. The week after 4th of July, and, and hey, this week being the week of it's just always so tough because a lot of people go on vacation everybody's kind of thrown off at the holiday and yeah, I'm, I'm with you ready for next week
0: I'm with you on that one although Ivan Melendez isn't really ready to quit this week because it's Ivan Melendez month in El Paso. You know that? It's, it's it's They gave him the whole month for crying out loud after everything that's happened to him.
1: Yeah, I love the fact that El Paso City Council honored him and uh, all he did with the Texas baseball squad. The uh, Coronado High School product really did everything in, in college baseball that you want to see from one of the best players in the sport. And uh, yeah, it, this is all leading up to what will be a highly anticipated MLB draft for uh, El Paso to watch Ivan Melendez.
0: Huge. Absolutely huge. So... Yeah, I'm excited about that. I keep hearing uh, late first, early second for Ivan. You know, we were out at D-Bat on the west side of town on Sunday. I took my son, and we were just uh, hitting balls and wanted to get his swing back because fall ball is right around the corner. And um, as I get into D-Bat, Andy, uh, who owns the place, says, hey, we got a surprise coming in a couple of minutes you're going to enjoy. And then all of a sudden, Ivan walks in with his little brother, And uh, Jerry Cuevas, who I've known since uh, I was uh, a teenager. Jerry's a couple of years older than me, but played out at Coronado. And I played ball with his younger brother, Javier, uh, since we were kids. And uh, they were just working out, taking, taking cuts, taking practice. So I told Joel, I said, hey, listen. Let's take a break from hitting. Let's go watch what a real hitter's all about, and go and, and go see this power. And he just was like, his eyes got big when he saw the explosion of the ball coming off the bat when Ivan was taking BP.
1: So how could how would you describe him like as far as his swing in person? Because we see it all the time on TV. We see him how powerful he really is, but how would you describe it in person?
0: Until you see him up close. Well, first off, he's massive. Okay, he's massive, and when he swings. He generates massive power because you can imagine when you're built like Melendez and you connect with a baseball. Uh, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, we're probably talking exit velocities of when, when he's, you know, in games, probably talking somewhere of, uh, I don't know, 110, 115 miles an hour. I mean, it's impossible to explain until you actually see it up close and realize just how the ball jumps off his bat. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, he's really built like a tank. He's big. He's uh He's got size to him, so I'm not surprised to hear that uh, about his, his style of swing and, yeah, I'm glad that you got an opportunity to see him in person. Hopefully, you know, we get a chance to see him in our Lubingo studios at some point this month i know he's very busy this whole month but uh be great to catch up with him
0: it would and it won't surprise me in a couple of years he's playing in the futures game for major league baseball i mean that's coming up
1: that's exactly right. I, I feel like Ivan Melendez is going to always show that he can get better and better year after year. Is what and that's what he's already proved at Texas. What he's already proved at Odessa College when he started there and first got to Texas uh, from there. And I believe once he gets, uh, you know, officially drafted and accepts that offer to go off and play in the big leagues, uh, you, you know, he's going to progress through the minors and he's absolutely. going to have a great career.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, that's uh, you know how we kind of uh, kick things off on the show today. We talk a little bit. About that, and hopefully we do get Ivan on the program here uh, you know before he has to leave town and, and I understand he 's going to be um at the all-star game major league baseball's all-star game and i think he's also going if i'm not mistaken he'll be uh, attending the amateur draft later this month
1: yes i saw that as well I, I you know that's a really cool thing in itself steve right i mean being a having an opportunity to actually be at the amateurs draft yeah. uh, all the all the excitement all the adrenaline kind of going through you hoping that you're getting picked and drafted i'm sure he's getting calls left and right from teams so now it's just about
0: who ends up picking him 100 percent, 100 percent. so that's really cool um, we also have the uh, NHL Amateur Draft tonight. That's coming up as well. Speaking of drafts, so uh, excited about the uh, NHL draft. It's not really the amateur draft. These guys are pros when they when they get drafted. I mean, we're talking about basically a bunch of 17- and 18-year-olds that are going to have hear their names called, and Shane Wright is uh, probably going to be the number one pick. He's a center out of uh, Kingston in Canada, plays in the OHL, and uh, here's a guy that is uh, considered one of the best prospects in the entry draft. So it's the NHL entry draft. And then um, after that, you know, the Devils pick second, the Coyotes pick third, the Seattle Kraken are fourth, and the Flyers are fifth. So that's how the, uh, the, top, uh, the top five go. And then from down there, everything else uh, kind of falls into place. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. So um, I've watched the draft before. You know, Everybody gets into the NFL draft and the NBA draft, but hockey's fun because essentially all the first rounders are usually there with their parents. And now I feel like I'm older than their parents, so it's crazy. Like I'm looking at these at these uh, teenage phenoms, and their parents are probably somewhere in their 30s or early 40s. So it's it's crazy to think about uh, how all of these uh, young uh, players are, are getting paid, you know, big bucks, and uh, essentially uh, go right right. Some of them go right to the NHL.
1: Yeah. First off, uh, Shane Wright uh, could be a generational type of player for Montreal. So I, I feel like they're really fired up about getting him. And you know, it's real interesting. I'm with you on that, Steve, because when you watch and, and you just uh, hear the coverage from the NHL draft, you also just uh, realize how much of an impact those top five picks uh, can make to these teams initially like right off the bat, which I, yep. I always like about the NHL. These guys are ready to go. They're ready to play, and and yeah, you're, you're definitely right. You, you got some younger parents out there,
0: too. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. So that's coming up tonight also, NHL draft, uh, the entry draft, as they call it. Um, and then, you know, you think about what we've got coming up, we've got Sugarland and the Chihuahuas at 6, so Hags will join us. We've got Jay Jaffe today at 420. Didn't have Jay on yesterday. We have him on today, so 420 Jay Jaffe. 5 o'clock, we're going to do Ask a Doctor. That's right. We got the Jock Doc, Dr. Sedio Alvarado, uh, going to be with us, along with Alexis from Glory Road Barbershop. They've got a big event coming up on Sunday, Adrian, that we're going to talk to both uh, Dr. Alvarez and-, and Alexis about.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this one too, Steve. Jensen Friends is what the event is called. It's coming up this Sunday, uh, j- July 10th, and this is really a men's health expo and just really trying to promote uh, men's health and wellness throughout the city of El Paso. It's going to be taking place at Montecillo right here on the west side of town uh it's a free event it starts at noon and uh, yeah the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine will be a part of this
0: now I'm excited for that I think it's going to be terrific so that's also coming up uh and, and we'll keep an eye on that in our five o'clock hour before our hags joins us and we get ready for uh um our uh, final countdown and uh, Chihuahuas baseball before you know what it's going to be here at 6 o'clock. Uh, do you see the clouds outside right now? Things are looking oh. a little evil outside El Paso as the clouds start to roll in this afternoon.
1: This time of year is so funny to me in, in this city because you could have the hottest, and I mean the hottest, brutal day outside, and then it turns around the next day and you're seeing clouds or you're seeing clouds that very night with thunderstorms scattered all across the skies. Uh, that's the city of El Paso. That's the month of July in Monsoon season for you.
0: So there's only a 15% chance of rain uh, really uh, from now through the rest of the night, but all it takes is one good rain cloud to roll in, and uh, the, and then all of a sudden it starts to downpour. And look, we had a, a Chihuahuas game that had been uh, rained out last week. When the rain started, they had to make it up as a doubleheader on Sunday.
1: That's right. It was uh, that Saturday game that people were really excited about for fireworks and everything. And uh, people who got a chance to go out there Sunday hadn't had a chance to experience kind of that doubleheader or the the wrap up of the Saturday game, the finish of the Sunday game. But it's so I don't know about your house, Steve. I've been getting a ton of rain lately, and I I've been. Loving it. Um, I'm, I'm real appreciative of that rain and it's always a fresh look when you get a chance to see that here in El Paso.
0: Anytime I can get some extra water for my grass uh, that I don't have to pay for, I'm excited about that. Listen, we all know that we are supposed to water three times a week per uh, the El Paso Water Company. Uh, we also know that Um, chances are our grass will die at three days a week during the summer because it gets so hot, you just need more than that. Now, that's why monsoon season can really be a help because all of a sudden, if you get a little extra rain, next thing you know, your grass gets the head start it needs. Now, if you're a zero scape, you could care less. You couldn't care less about the water. I understand that. But for some of us that uh, do rely on Mother Nature to help out, it's always nice when we get a little extra rain. It really is.
1: Yeah, that's like that extra day of water for you. That's that, it turns it to four. It sometimes allows you to avoid uh, watering a single day, or you just have to water less. So I, I right. appreciate that.
0: I do too. I do too. All right. Uh, also, uh, the Brittany Griner story is disturbing. Let's just put it that way. She pleaded guilty today, uh, faces up to 10 years in jail. Um, we all know about Brittany Griner. It has been uh, a story that really received a lot of publicity. And ultimately, um, you know, she decided that the best chance she has is just to plead guilty to drug charges. The moral of the story is this. If you're traveling, especially outside the U.S., and uh, you decide to pack vape cartridges, um, even if you say that it's accidentally packed and you didn't intend to break the law of another country, well, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. That's just ultimately what it comes down to. And if you do it in Russia, all bets are off. So it's pretty crazy. Brittany Griner is, uh, you know, she was, she was one of the best players uh, ever in women's college basketball when she was out of Baylor. We knew that. And as far as, uh, you know, her WNBA career, averages 21 a game with Phoenix, 21 and 9.5 and boards. So we're talking about somebody that truly is, one of the most dominant uh, players in the WNBA at six foot nine and two hundred and five pounds, she's thirty-one years of age. Brittany Griner could spend her entire thirties behind bars in Russia when it's all said and done, which is crazy to think about.
1: Yes, I, I feel like with this one, we really have to take a wait and see approach. There, her next court hearing is set for July fourteenth. We'll have more, uh, you know, insight as to what really happened in this in this situation. Uh, Griner asked for time to prepare from the judge so that she can kind of get ready for this. Uh, she faces up to ten years, like you said, in prison if she's convicted of large scale transportation of drugs. Hopefully, well, we'll see what ends up happening. But we'll, we'll um, once the evidence comes out, it'll be interesting. interesting. Interesting to see if she indeed had less than what they thought as far as vape cartridges uh, that she uh, brought into the Russian airport.
0: According, though, to Russian law, even with a guilty plea in Russian criminal courts, the judge will continue to read the full case file into the record and it could still go on for weeks or months. That's the story right now with Brittany Griner.
1: That's definitely correct, and um, this trial could end around the beginning of August. However, uh, they they also released that her detention is authorized through December twentieth, so uh, she'll be here. Uh, I, I guess she'll be over there at least for the foreseeable future.
0: Man, oh man, uh, that that is a a, a very very rough. Uh, a situation uh, for Brittany Griner, but then again, I think what happens is this: I think so many athletes uh, th- that are in the U.S. are used to having certain things that they have that th- that they consider everyday things, and when you travel sometimes to other countries, you don't even think about ramifications if something that you so casually keep with you here in the states. Goes someplace and it's found where it's against the law. It's it's just as simple as that. And Russia, hey, uh, that again, like we said earlier, all bets are off if you're doing something that's against the law over there. Especially with the current situation right now politically, uh, it, it's just bad. It's bad, and uh, unfortunately for Brittany Griner, uh, you know, the worst is probably uh, still to come when this whole thing all uh, uh, you know winds down and the uh, judge decides her punishment.
1: Yeah, I feel like if I would, you know, if you're in a situation kind of like this, the best um, the best advice is probably just to be as safe and, and cautious as pro- as possible. And you know, if you have a question on what whether or not you can take something inside a foreign country like this, the answer is probably no. Just leave it at home.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. All right, sixteen past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Before we get to Jay Jaffe, this tweet just came in from Pinky. Congratulations to Ivan Melendez. Very deserving. I wonder if the MLB organization that. Drafts, Ivan will try to find a different position for him to see play. We have uh, we have seen it in the past. I hope not. I don't think so. I think he's a DH first baseman. I, I really do. He DH'd last year, played first this year for Texas, and even though Ivan loves third, I think that whoever drafts Ivan, they're drafting him for his bat. They'll probably play him at first, DH him some, and that's more than likely going to be his future in the big leagues.
1: Yeah, I've, I, a couple weeks ago when we had Joe Cook from Inside Texas, he was giving us some great stats on how Ivan Melendez's fielding has really improved, infield fielding, and and uh, all his statistics, advanced analytics, and stuff. And he thinks that'll play really well when it comes to uh, major league baseball teams ending up drafting him.
0: I'm with you. 17 pass. Good to have you. Good start to the show. Jay Jaffe's next, right after Charlie. One. Who Who has our first traffic update of our Thursday commute? Ah, a little classic Billy Idol for you. I'm old enough to remember when Eyes Without a Face came up. God, I feel like I'm ancient. But you know who's even older than I am? Jay Jaffe! That's right! Jay's got a couple of years on me! Our uh, man talking baseball and beer from Fangraphs.com. Sorry, Jay, I had to as I was thinking about this song. I'm like, man, I remember when this came out, I'm like, well, hell, Jay probably remembers it too, because he's got a few years on
2: me. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh.
0: <laughs> Come on. Growing up out there in Utah in the Salt Lake area, I'm sure there were a lot of Billy Idol fans in the uh, in the early to mid-80s. Oh, it was
2: it was pretty popular, yeah, no doubt.
0: I hear you. All right. Well, times change, that's for sure. Um meanwhile, Jay, as we uh, get back to baseball, back to to normal life, um, I want to talk about what you've been writing about, beginning with the Giants, as you began your story today. Giants steps backwards for last year's hundred and seven game winners. Look, I thought the Giants were a terrific story and they hung tough to start the season, but as you mentioned injuries and regression has has really kind of taken a little bit of a toll on this team. And I think that's pretty accurate when you realize the kind of job Gabe Kapler did a year ago and as much of a great story as it was just, it was almost like the perfect storm. Everything fell into place last year and uh, it just hasn't been that way this season.
2: Yeah, they had, they, they were a great story last year. They had so many late inning wins, um, you know, comebacks and, and, uh, uh, just good luck in the late innings. I mean, Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, was so clutch that he got the nickname uh, "Late Night Lamont" for his uh, uh, late inning heroics. But um, you know that that kind of performance just has been difficult to replicate. And of course, losing Buster Posey and and having a uh, you know a highly touted young player more or less flop uh, in his place has, has taken its toll. Uh, some injuries elsewhere, including Anthony Discofani, and uh, a lot of regression in that bullpen in particular. Um, It's been a mess down there.
0: It has, and uh, given the age of some of the players they have, I mean, you, you would assume they let Brandon Belt walk. Um, then you've got also the situation to where, you know, you, when he's healthy, Evan Longoria is still very much a, a, a fun guy to watch, but injuries have played a, taken a toll on him and, and other players right now. You mentioned the situation with Posey and Joey Bart. Uh, the Giants have a lot of questions to answer, don't they?
2: yeah and uh, you know I don't know it's, it's going to be tough for them to uh uh to, to get back into the n l west race i mean I think they still have a shot at the wild card if they if they play better if they shore up some of their weaknesses but you know this we we knew, we knew by the age of the team last year that this was not uh a squad that was built for uh you know for a long dynasty or anything like that it was It was them you know getting uh some of the last gasps. Uh, of Of quality out of uh, uh, some guys in their mid thirties here and um, it 's probably going to be time to turn the page on them come come this winter um, you know Longoria is talking about retiring like you said belt uh I believe belt's contract is up and uh uh They'll have a chance to turn the page and, and uh, see what comes next. True
0: enough. Although when I watch Longoria play when he's healthy, he's still such a guy that can he can he can hit home runs. He can drive in you know drive guys in. I don't know. You talk about that, but then sometimes it's it, it's like you you wonder if you could just stay uh, stay on the field and uh, do duplicate what he did last year. It uh, it makes for an interesting decision, doesn't it?
2: yeah I mean, look, he said sometimes he feels great and sometimes he feels like he's a hundred years old and you look at the um <laughs> uh, you look at the trouble he's had staying on the field he played eighty one games last year, had a major shoulder injury um, sternoclavicular uh, dislocation, and then uh, uh, some other injury woes including finger surgery this year uh kept him off the field for a month um it's just it's got to be a grind, and I know when you're thirty six years old and you're uh, dealing with all that stuff, you got to be thinking about you know what comes next. I mean, he's, he talked about uh, uh, watching Buster Posey go through this stuff last year, and I think that's. Uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, that, if that's where he's headed to.
0: Hey, first ten years of his career, I thought he was Cooperstown bound.
2: You know, he's not far off, really. I mean, you look at him with Jaws; his peak is is, is nearly Hall of Fame caliber. He's 18th overall in Jaws, not uh, not far off. Although there's a lot of guys there. Uh, in the in the 10 to 20 range that I'd put in before him. But uh, uh, really strong career if this is it for him.
0: Jay Jaffe with us. Uh, we talk baseball and beer here on Sports Talk as we continue. Uh, Dodgers are getting some separation right now in that NL West. Uh, they have won three in a row, uh, seven of their last ten. They got a six-game lead over the Padres. Ten and a half over the aforementioned Giants. Now they got Mookie Betts back, uh, and he's healthy. And even though they've still lost guys uh, like Haney going back on the IL and Chris Taylor, they shuffle them so well from AAA to the big leagues, and they got so much talent there. It seems like the Dodgers can just keep withstanding uh, all these injuries.
2: Yeah, I mean this is a, this is a team that's built, uh, you know, to 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 deal with these kinds of situations, and um, they are. You know, they, last year they they really hit a home run at the deadline by acquiring Trey Turner and uh, uh, Max Scherzer. I don't think they're counting on uh, those kinds of upgrades at, uh, this year, but you know, it's because that they've already kind of done that that sort of uh, work on their depth. Uh, they're hoping to get Dustin May back. They're hoping to get uh, um, you know, they, they, I mean, they've, they've already done a great job of, of integrating guys like Ryan Pepiot and Mitch White into their rotation here. Uh, such that they're you know credible number five options and things like that. So uh, it's been really interesting to watch
0: Jay Jaffe talking baseball with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. A couple of days ago, you wrote about Scherzer and Degrom uh, coming back. Well, Scherzer's already back. Degrom is trying to get him himself back to the big leagues. You know, you look at the jo- the uh, Mets right now. They find themselves as we begin uh, play today. Twenty games over five hundred, two and a half over the Braves, eight over the Phillies. And uh, once again, um, you know, the Mets are uh, a tough story because uh, they really need that pitching. And, and the Braves are starting to come on strong. They got Strider going tonight. who has been unbelievable in the first half. And uh, the Mets have to be careful, don't they? Otherwise, uh, it could be deja vu all over again.
2: You know, they, were, they had a 10-and-a-half game lead at the end of May and, and uh, um, through some sluggish play and, uh, you know, some, some strong work by the Braves. That's now two-and-a-half games. Um, You know, the other pitching injuries that they've dealt with, like Tyler McGill... Uh, have had an impact on on them. Carlos Carrasco struggles as well. Uh, it's now it's it's pretty much uh, not not quite a toss up yet because the Mets have an advantage. But it's really going to depend a lot on getting a healthy Jacob Degrom back as well and keeping both Degrom and Scherzer on the field, which is uh, no easy task.
0: More with Jay as we continue here on Sports Talk. First, right back to Adrian in this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Come back, uh, talk a little baseball with uh, Jay Jaffe as we continue here on the show. You also wrote about the um, Red Sox and how they're going to be getting some help in their rotation, much like the Mets. You know, Boston is 14 back uh, of the Yankees in first place. Nobody's catching the Yankees. Uh, They have been uh, just outstanding all season long. But uh, Jay, there's an interesting wild card race right now, isn't there? Especially when you look at Tampa, you look at Boston, you look at Toronto in the East, you look at Cleveland right now, and you look at Seattle—all teams that uh, have legitimate shots uh, here at a wild card.
2: Yeah, the um, uh, you know everybody else in the AL East is an also-ran besides the Yankees, who at the 81-game mark were on pace to match the Mariners' 116 wins from 2001. But uh, uh a lot of intrigue elsewhere i mean the, you know the the red sox are, are trying to uh uh trying to cl- you know climb back into or trying to hold on after uh a slow start to their season they and the rays are even uh in in the uh uh in the race there and the blue jays are just half a game ahead of them um, you know it's going to take a lot a, a lot for uh one of the nl i mean sorry al central teams uh to to break into that group they've all, they've got a substantial lead there um uh, likewise in the AL West where the Mariners are still can't can't uh, even uh, get above 500 although they've, they've been playing better baseball lately.
0: Well the Astros have been amazing. I mean let's let's just be honest. They get good they have great pitching. They're deep. They've got the best hitter right now in the game in Jordan Alvarez who's been insane. Altuve is having a terrific year. I mean Houston looks awfully good and we very well might be destined for another Houston Yankees ALCS if this continues.
2: Yeah, the Astros are playing at 107 win pace right now. I mean, they're they're basically you know playing like the Giants did last year. Uh, a lot of depth in that lineup. A couple injuries lately, though. I wrote about last week um, Michael Brantley uh, with his, with his shoulder and uh, uh, that scary collision regarding uh, Alvarez and, and 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 Pena, which fortunately uh, was not uh, anything close to the worst case scenario that it could have been.
0: True enough. Um, we found out that the World Baseball Classic is coming back, and Miami is going to be hosting it next year. Is the WBC something you look forward to?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we already knew it was coming back. We didn't have the specifics on the seedings and things like that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I I I really enjoy the event. I've been to, I've been to uh, I went to the first one in, in 2006 went to Puerto Rico uh, to see uh, the Cuban team play. Uh, and the Dominican team play and the Puerto Rican team play. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoy watching it. I mean, look, you get competitive baseball in, in, in you know in, in uh, uh, early March, mid March, you get some fun uh, groupings, some fun teams. I'm always a fan of the Netherlands team, which has had some big upsets over the years, and which has uh, a fun core of players um, like uh, uh, Jonathan Scope and Jerickson Profar.
0: That's true. Are you back, Jay? Or do we lose Jay? I heard Jonathan Scope. I heard pro Profar. And then I think we lost Jay. Let's see if we can get him back on and we'll uh, continue our conversation. Get his beer pick of the week as well uh, here on Sports Talk. So uh, looking forward to that. And, and the WBC, again, uh, the finals will be out there in Miami, which is also uh, big news for those people that are uh, interested like Jay in uh, the the World Baseball Classic. Um, And we've seen some really good stories, uh, some good storylines in that over the years as well. So it looks like we've got him back right now, 35 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. All right, Jay, let's uh, let's bring you back. uh, From the WBC to a very strange situation, Eduardo Rodriguez and the Tigers. Three weeks ago, he was placed on the restricted list. Since then, the Tigers have not heard from Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, Jay, this is one of the more baffling situations because normally, even if a player is dealing with personal matters, there's some kind of communication between him and the team. Not this time.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't. I haven't heard anything about you know about or a similar situation like this in a while. Um, I assume that maybe uh, Rodriguez went back to Venezuela. We know it's been reported that this has something to do with with uh, uh, his marital situation, but beyond that, we don't have any specifics, and so it's tough to, to speculate. Um, you know, I don't know if, if uh, he's uh, having second thoughts about what happened with the. Uh, uh, with with signing with the Tigers, who obviously haven't been as competitive a team as he'd hoped he hasn't pitched as well as he'd hoped but you know 77 million dollars is a whole lot to risk on uh, uh, you know a, a, a miscommunication so uh, you know whatever he's going through it, must, it might be pretty you know might be pretty serious um you know you hope that you hope that things are okay but uh, this is this does seem pretty strange and it does uh, seem surprising that uh, uh, even through his agent, the Tigers can't get a hold of them, and I'd imagine, um, you know, that that they'd like some clarity on, on 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 what's going on here. He's on the restricted list, so he's not accruing service time. He's not drawing his salary. Um, you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens here. But uh, this this does not look like a great situation at all.
0: I'm with you on that one. All right, um, what do you have coming up for us uh, this week on Fangrass before we get to your beer pick?
2: Writing a little bit about Shohei Otani's uh, <coughs> uh, latest uh, run as a pitcher. Uh, obviously, he's been lights out uh, uh, four straight games without an unearned run. I mean, without an earned run allowed, combined 40 strikeouts in, in that span. He's pitching like a guy who uh, wants, wants in on the Cy Young conversation, and uh, I think he's going to be in the discussion to start the All-Star game here. So uh, uh, pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Um, we're doing my usual chat tomorrow. Uh, we've got scheduled uh, this week. I scheduled my um, uh, replacement level killers series, which is kind of a preview of the trade deadline of the biggest hole, the biggest holes on contending clubs. That'll be coming the last week of July. Uh, also made plans to go up to Cooperstown for induction weekend, and uh, looking forward to that. Uh, uh, not sure yet what next week holds as far as the writing goes, though.
0: All right. Well, we'll wait to see what breaks. In the meantime, uh, let's talk beer. What do you want to uh, profile for our listeners this week, Jay?
2: Okay, this is one. Another new. Uh, this is a new local brewery that uh, uh, I've I've enjoyed what I've had, which is basically this one beer so far. But they've gone in. Uh, they opened in Williamsburg last year or a couple years ago, and now they've. Uh, uh, taken over an, a beloved outpost on Bergen Street here in Brooklyn, where I had my rehearsal dinner and where I had uh, my 50th birthday celebration a couple years ago, just before uh, the uh, the city started closing down for the pandemic. Um, this is called Talia. Uh, they are a a women-owned brewery, which <laughs> is uh, which is an outlier. Uh, They have an Italian Pilsner that I quite like. Uh, uh, This is a nice, easy-drinking summer beer. It's called Al Dente. A little bit of sweetness to it, crisp, uh, typical uh, uh, Italian Pilsner taste to it, a little bready. Um, Just kind of fits in with the the lighter beers that I've been drinking lately, and uh, this one can can stand with those. It's uh, available at the local Trader Joe's, which is really cool. Uh, don't have to go too far out of my way to get it, and I want to pay a visit to the tap room because I want to see what they've done with, the, uh, with that space.
0: I hear you. I like it. All right, good job, good stuff. Hey, appreciate the time, as always. We'll talk to you right back here again next Wednesday, Jay.
2: All right, sounds great, Steve. Thanks.
0: Jay Jaffe, folks, 39 past the Sports Talk continues. Come back with plenty more. Stay with us. It's 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, back on Sports Talk as uh, we continue. 48 now past the hour. You know, Angel and Belinda, they have a daughter who had been living in a home they owned on the west side of town, and their daughter was moving out of town, so they decided to sell the property and put the money toward finding their dream home. And then they hooked up with Brian Birds and his team marketing the home, and guess what? It was sold within a month for top dollar, $274,000. Way to go. Now Angel and Belinda are in a great position to buy their dream home, Thanks to Brian Birds and the Brian Birds Home Selling Team powered by EXP Realty. Now, remember, to achieve top dollar for your home, you need an agent who can create an auction-like effect with buyers competing for your home and driving up the price, which is exactly what Brian does. And if you've ever known, year after year, Brian outsells the competition because of the marketing dollars that he spends. It creates immediate interest in your home. In fact, homes that have spent months or years on the market with other agents, Brian is able to sell in a matter of days. So call the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC, and the Rhinos, the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. He's Brian Birds. Hey, El Paso, have you heard to sell your home? 10 in front of a year, $120 million deal with the Buffalo Bills. And then they find out today that if the Cowboys had gotten a bit closer to what Buffalo was offering, well, Von Miller might have given them the hometown discount. That's right. The Athletic reported today that the Cowboys offered the same deal to Von Miller that they offered Randy Gregory. Five years, $70 million with two guaranteed years. Uh, but he already had an offer on the table from the Rams. Miller told The Athletic that had Dallas's offer been close to what Buffalo was bringing to the table, he would have agreed to a lesser deal to join his hometown team. Miller uh, told Dan Pompeo, The Athletic, I told them I was ready to come to the Cowboys. I would have taken less to go to Dallas because it's Dallas, but I wouldn't take that much less. You think uh, Cowboys fans are kind of kicking themselves when they hear this story?
1: Yeah, they definitely should be because uh, Von Miller, when healthy, is one of your best pass rushers you're going to find in the NFL. And and that was evident than what we saw in in the Rams postseason run and how they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll I'll keep going with that one. Uh, But as a Rams fan, real quick, Steve, I'm pretty bummed that the Rams didn't throw more uh, guaranteed years in the deal that they they try to send over to Von Miller. So it it just kind of tells you, when you're a a two-time Super Bowl champion, you kind of want to make sure that you have your guaranteed money locked in in case you get injured or something happens to you. So uh, for Von Miller, I don't blame him whatsoever for
0: going with Buffalo. Me neither. I mean, how can you blame him? Uh, He made a smart move. He got the money. He made, you know, he, he got the money. And uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're a little bummed. But I'm going to cheer you up right now. That's right. I'm going to cheer up, Cowboy fans. Because you got Adrian's movie review. This is a way to end the hour with a on a bright note and not feel depressed because of the Von Miller story. Instead, you get to listen to Adrian talking about a movie maybe you haven't seen yet. Right,
1: Adrian. That's exactly right, Steve. This time around, it's Youngblood, which was released in 1986. Rob Lowe is Dean Youngblood, and uh, by the way, one of my one of the interesting roles that Rob Lowe has uh, taken during his time. He's 17 years old. He's a farm boy, and he has dreams of playing in the NHL. Well, he, uh, despite his dad who didn't approve of it, despite his brother who had some encouragement about it. He ends up going to Canada, and he uh, joins the Hamilton Mustangs for a tryout. Well, he was a great offensive player, but as uh, everybody there told him, he lacked toughness. He lacked the physicality, and he was getting pushed around, beat around. And, in fact, he got in a fight with this guy named Carl Racky. And he ends up getting beat up. And so he still gets picked on the team, which was impressive. Fast forward a little bit. Dean ends up falling for the coach's daughter, Jessica, uh, who he's, he's really about. And then Racky, he's now on a rival team. He actually beats up and injures Dean's mentor on the team, who's played by Patrick Swayze, which I, I really thought that was cool that he was in this film as well. Dean ends up going home. Uh, he, he was... Uh, he goes to his brother and his dad, and then his brother and his dad teach him how to fight. So it's kind of cool. They, they end up, like, teaching him how to be tougher. And he goes back to ha- the Hamilton team, and he gets ready for this big playoff matchup against that Racky guy. Uh, so uh, it's, a, it's a close game all the way back and forth. And then Dean hits the penalty shot with three seconds left. He beats Racky up in a fight. And he's carried off the ice, and uh, he was very uh, very excited about that. Uh, A couple fun facts about this one. This was the first ever film with Keanu Reeves. How about that? It's real interesting. Um, This also, you know, I found this interesting. I've seen Patrick Swayze and Rob Lowe in The Outsiders, seen Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves in Point Break. Now we get a chance to see all three of these guys, Rob Lowe, Patrick Swayze, and Keanu Reeves. Rob Lowe had to actually learn how to ice skate in this film, and he had a double in a lot of these uh, different scenes. However, Keanu Reeves was the MVP of his college hockey team back in Toronto, so he had no problems, no issues in this film. He's a natural. He's a natural. I'm giving this one 6 out of 10 bananas, Steve. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes hated it. They gave it 44%. <laughs> IMDb gave it 6 out of 10. You could watch this one on the roku streaming channel with the premium subscription
0: yeah six out of ten bananas fine movie good deal all right young blood wraps up our number one of the show ask a doctor gonna kick off our second hour right here 600 Piano paso and welcome back everybody as we begin our number two here on sports talk Ask a Doctor is one of our favorite segments on the program, and we get a chance to bring in Dr. Sergio Alvarado from the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. And today, he brought a friend of his. That's right, Alexis Cook is with us from uh, Glory Road Barbershop. They're going to talk about the big event coming up, uh, Gents and Friends, uh, this Sunday, which uh, is going to be happening out front of Glory Road Barbershop at 140 uh, Monticello, uh, and that is going to be an event uh Sweet B3. You do not want to miss this Sunday from noon to 4. Doc, welcome back. Alexis, great to have you with us as well on the segment. How are both of you doing today? Doing great, great. Steve.
3: Thank yeah. you for having us.
0: Oh, that's terrific. I love it. Uh, Alexis, I'm going to bring you on in just a moment. Doc, first, I want to ask you about uh, teaming up. With um, Glory Road Barbershop and the Rio Grande Cancer Foundation on Jensen Friends, uh, it sounds like a great initiative. And this is your second year partnering with them on this.
4: That's right. Uh, I, I think it's great what what Alexis and all her her staff is doing with with this um, event. You know, a lot of times like the uh, men just really don't pay attention to to their health, and this is a great way to for the community to come out and you know bring in some awareness to to the fact that that men can have have a detrimental effects if they just kind of don't, don't pay attention.
0: Alexis, you started this four years ago. Tell me the, uh, you know, the thought process behind uh, Jensen Friends and getting it going to begin with.
3: Oh, boy. Um, I'll try to not get a little emotional. <laughs> um, so I have been a barber for 18 years, and I actually had a really dear friend of mine um, who was like a big brother to me. He gave me my first barber uh, job. And he actually was diagnosed at the age of 17 with testicular cancer. Um, Hearing his story, and then it actually came back uh, 25 years later uh, with the vengeance. And, you know, seeing him go through it again, it it brought, it shined the light on something that I um, realized that there was a lack of resources and, and information being put out there for the public, because I would hear it even from clients, like, should have, could have, would have when they would get sick. So I realized it was a little bit more of an impact that not many were talking about.
0: So you instead, you know, went ahead and decided you wanted to do something about this. So you put together uh, Jensen Friends, uh, which I know kind of started with your anniversary, but now it's almost as if it's, it's your way to help give back and also impact men's lives uh, based on your, your friend and colleague who, as you mentioned, you saw this uh, firsthand.
3: Yeah, um, it was definitely, um, it, it was not meant to be something annual. It was just something that um, my first year in business, I was like, oh, man, like it, it's it's uh, different being a business owner. So I was like, you know, if I could do anything and didn't make it in business for any reason, at least I did something good with what I had at the time. And we did it and it was a success. And it just, people were wanting to be more and more a part of it. And it just kind of has evolved through the years.
0: So let's talk about uh, what's going to be happening uh, coming up on, on Sunday, beginning at 12 o'clock. You've got the shave which uh, is all about, uh, you know, barbers uh, from Glory Road Barbershop uh, are going to be part and of other, this, right? Um,
3: it's actually not just barbers from Glory Road. Um, it's also barbers from other surrounding shops. Legends has helped out before pre pregame. Um, Noble Barbershop is helping out this year. Um, Graceful Barbers. There's other barbers around the city that have. They want to make an impact as well, and they've helped us with this event in the past, and as well this year as well.
0: That's awesome, and it's just part of it. The Shaveathon is part of uh, Jensen Friends. Will the Shaveathon be going on all four hours, or just part of the time?
3: No. Yes, it'll be going on all four hours. We usually pre-sell the hotel shaves, but if there are availability that day as well, you can still purchase the day of. Um, but we usually try to pre-sell them.
0: Awesome. And then you've got uh, a team obstacle course, which uh, you, you've got everything. You've got the high knee tire run, the tire flip, the beer pong, football throws, <laughs> squats and pushups. Sounds like you're trying to make this obstacle course uh, pretty challenging for everybody.
3: And fun. I mean, what better way to get guys out and, and then, you know, bring up the competitiveness in them. So it's a lot, it's a fun way for us to raise money for the Rio Grande. And, to get, you know, El Pasoans moving and, and support a cost.
0: What about the wellness fair, Alexis? Uh, Tell me about that.
3: So we do have um, exhibitors that come out and they had, they vary from, you know, vendors having to do with like um, healthy soaps and different things like that for your skin. But then we also have like, you know, doctor here with the desert Institute of sports medicine. And then there's also Rio Grande uh, urology, it's just it's a place for our exhibitors to be able to give out that information during a wellness fair that um it's not it's not just evolving around that but it's also fun
0: Doc, you're going to have a booth on Sunday as well with the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. And uh, I know that as Alexis has talked about the cause and what's allowed, you know, Jensen friends to become such a great event, obviously this is something that for you and what you believe in is pretty near and dear to your heart as well.
4: That's right. Uh, I I just think that that uh, unfortunately, you know, men just don't don't uh take their their health as serious as, as they should, you know. And and we find out, you know, the, I mean the stats, you know, we back that up. Uh leading cause of death in, in males is is uh cardiac disease and, and uh the third cause is is cancer. And so um prostate skin cancer, you know, uh you name it, um many to be a little bit more worried and and, and uh, should get checked out. You know, uh not necessarily get worried, but really just make sure that they're getting their their yearly checkup.
0: I'm with you on that one. So is that the best suggestion on on uh, men living healthier lives? Get the yearly checkup, keep a real close eye on their diet, staying active, things like that?
4: Yeah, I think I think you you hit, you know, all, all three areas, you know, number one, you know, making sure that that you have, you know, you establish a relationship with a doctor. Um, and then that you're getting those checkups and then, uh, really trying to, you know, get a, a good, uh, exercise regimen, um, something that you've talked with your doctor that, that you can do. And then, uh, lastly, uh, making sure that, that, that you're keeping a diet low in, in processed foods, you know, so avoiding the fast food, you know, really like a, a lot of that has a lot of salt and things and high in cholesterol, that things that we really don't need.
3: I do would like to point out as well, leading on to what doctor said, like, that's something that the Rio Grande Cancer Foundation, uh, with these events, they're very, very good at delivering those that information. So they'll they've even given out postcards in the past with like a charting of when you should be getting things checked out for males. So it's it's a really awesome campaign that they're starting for male health.
1: Doc, I know that uh, those that information will be available at the actual event itself. But I wanted to ask you specifically about males and the amount of time they should get checked. What are some of the kind of, uh, I guess, kind of rundown as far as checkups for men that they should get either regularly, uh, every six months, a year? What What are some of those things that, that you you kind of look for men uh, to get checked on?
4: Alexis brought up a good point. You know that uh, it it all starts even at, at a young age. You know, having that that pediatric. Yearly checkup, you know, and having your your vaccines up to date, it starts there, and then every decade comes with with different challenges. But some patients ask me, you know, like, hey, I'm 25, like I, I work out, like uh, should I be getting checked? And, and I tell them, yeah, because uh, unfortunately there there's some diseases that we only find through through labs, and and uh, also keeping in mind really like your your family history. If you start have a strong family history of, of prostate cancer, you know, of colon cancer, then you need to make sure that that you're getting checked. Uh, at an appropriate age and to having that relationship with the doctor they can tell you a little bit more like hey, this is something that you need to start looking out for um, as far as prostate really like in, in your 40s is when we start kind of worrying a little about it a little bit more uh, again if, if there's a strong family history then we might we might uh, do it a little bit earlier and of course yeah you know um, like the other things we talked about keeping a healthy diet and and then making sure that you're you're uh, exercising.
0: Doc, you know, there's something about men that as they get older, it's almost as if they're afraid to go to the doctor because they don't want to hear the news. And sometimes they'll actually just kind of avoid it as much as they possibly can because maybe they they are a little afraid of what they will hear. So sometimes you just got to get over that and and understand that if you you don't go to the doctor regularly and get yourself checked up, then uh, the, the chances of something bad happening really increase versus being able to monitor things on a regular basis.
4: Right. And, and you know, and, and I, I hear that a lot, Steve, like I, I'll, I'll see patients, you know, and, and you know, the, the the girlfriend, the wife, drag them out there. And, and, and you know, after we're done, they're like, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what 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 movies you're watching or what what you think this is going to be. But I mean, it's it's a pretty open relationship. You know, doctors put on their pants the same way you do. And, you know, we, we have the same problem. So, I mean, like, it's not like uh, anything that that I, I think, you know, where it's going to be this horrible interaction. You know. And, and then you're right, Steve. I think a lot, a lot of times, it's just, it's just not uh, this false notion that that it's going to be something scary.
0: Doc, sometimes uh, you know, men don't even want to get involved when it comes to mental health. They don't want to touch that for a lot of reasons. And it kind of makes you wonder when you're talking about somebody's overall health. What about the mental health aspect and how much that really goes into things?
4: Overall, there's, there's this general uh, negative stigma, and it's you know, I tell patients it's it's a it's a hormone imbalance, and and it's. Uh, a lot of people think, you know, with diabetes, it, it wouldn't make sense to say, "Hey, you know what? Think positive, and your diabetes is going to get better." Um, it's it's the same thing with mental health. You know, it's uh, it's a hormone imbalance that that requires, you know, sometimes treatment, medical treatment as far as meds, or sometimes uh, counseling. And it's there's nothing uh, bad about getting it. Uh, the, the good thing is there's a lot of resources and and a lot of free resources too. Um, and and I think right now, because of COVID, unfortunately, I see it through all the ages, you know, all the way from the, the kiddos to to the, the adult.
0: Well, uh, you're going to be a part of uh, Jensen Friends on Sunday, noon to four, one forty Monticello in the Glory Road Barbershop parking lot. Uh, you're going to have your booth at the event. What will you be doing with the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine at this event, Doc?
4: We'll be providing some information, and, and uh, we're, we're going to have some some prizes too. So. Uh, yeah, invite everybody to come out and and have a good time. You know, like Alexis said, it's it's a great event. It's it looks like the weather's going to be nice too, so it should, it should be a good a good little turnout.
0: Alexis, what has been the most satisfying part for you of of Jensen Friends and having the opportunity now to make this an annual event?
3: Honestly, it's I I literally just this past weekend had a birthday party for my best friend's um, daughter, and her deal like stopped me. I was like, you're the barber, and I was like, yeah. And he was like, Mija, thank you for doing what you're doing because I'm actually a survivor. And Rio Grande Cancer Foundation actually helped me tremendously in my recovery out in Houston. Um, so hearing things like that, it's it's a lot of work, you know, we we all team up and we all put in a lot of work to make it happen. But hearing those, those stories of how people in our community have been able to have that resource because of events like this and because of You know, people like Dr. who are, are, they help us put these things together and it it benefits our community in a very, very impactful way. And that's been the most satisfying for sure. I just kind of wanted to say also Dr. had a very great point about preventative measures and that's our goal, our mission with this event is to try to become, to promote prevention because that's, I feel, where it more begins with.
0: I'm with you about that. If you listen, the key is catching something early. You're right. Because the worst thing possible would be to discover it after it's too late or when you really have to go through so much more physically and mentally. If you can get it early, that's the best time to do it. No doubt about it. Yeah, For sure. Alexis, Doc, great to have you both on the show today. Look forward to seeing you Sunday and uh, looking forward to a great event with Jensen Friends.
3: Thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Thank
0: you, Adrian. Again, talking to uh, both uh, Dr. Sergio Alvarado as well as uh, Alexis Cook from Glory Road Barbershop on this week's edition of Ask a Doctor. Dr. Sergio Alvarado is El Paso Board Certified in Medicine with an added qualification in sports medicine. They're located on the east side, 2267 Traywood Suite G2. And parents, school is right around the corner, just a few weeks away from starting up. The Desert Institute of Sports Medicine is offering summer specials for sports physicals for just $20. Don't wait until the last minute and set up your appointment today. Here's what you do. Give them a call, 915-256-9751. That's 256-9751, or check them out online at DesertInstituteEP.com. Come back with plenty more sports talk right after Charlie One, who's standing by with this traffic update. 009 Hags is about 25 minutes away. 505-6009, the tweets are coming in. At 600 ESPN El Paso. Pinky tweets the show, As a baseball fan, does not get any better uh, than being home alone? watching Yankees-Red Sox in 4K. Unbelievable picture quality. Good for you, Jaime. Adrian, I haven't bought a new television in at least 10 years, so I wouldn't know what 4K looks like if it hit me in the face.
1: Well, uh... I, thanks to um, my iPad that I got back in 2020, I, I got a little 4K. Uh, 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 I guess an introduction right there, and then um, thanks to my parents who got me, uh, got us a nice housewarming gift in our brand new house. Got oh, us a, got us a new uh, 4K TV. So you tell
0: me, what's the what's it? Is there a oh. noticeable difference? Oh,
1: very noticeable, very very noticeable. But
0: is everything broadcasted in 4K?
1: Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know how many things are actually 4K and not. I, I do know that our TV has this setting where it does like auto brightness so i kind of always default to yes mm. uh, however i, I think I, I do turn on some like local streaming t- uh, channels that i end up uh you know stumbling on and those are not in 4k though they might be in hd but they're not in 4k
0: ah all right all right very nice um that is uh still some some pretty good uh some some pretty good stuff for you i like that um Pinky also had a question earlier about uh, Giants prospects. Uh, Pinky, uh, Jay is not like – prospects is not Jay Jaffe's forte. However, the good news is this. If you go to Fangraphs.com, Pinky, where uh, Jay writes for, you can actually see a prospects tab, and Fangraphs has a prospect analyst who writes all the top prospects in the whole system. And, in fact, if you click the Giants tab – their uh, top prospects were updated back in February, and they uh, gave let's see, thirty-nine giant prospects to keep an eye on. So Pinky, you can look at that list, and that'll give you a great scouting report on all the giant prospects.
1: He'll have he'll be covered right there through FanGraphs. I like this. Jay Jaffe's got other things to write about.
0: Exactly. So, but the good news is there's a ton of free stuff at FanGraphs.com, and the prospects is one of them. So that's. That is good news there. Appreciate you, Pinky. Thanks for uh, chiming in on that one. Also, this tweet came in a little earlier today. Um, and this one, you know, is again uh, a controversial tweet, Adrian from Esteban. I recommended Young Blood for Adrian to review. Disappointed he didn't address the best part, tea with Miss McGill. Very
1: good scene. I, I omitted that part uh, wrongfully, but uh very good part. I'm glad that you brought that up, Esteban. Uh, I feel like that was uh, a hilarious, hilarious scene.
0: Okay, was it your favorite?
1: Um, not, not of the whole movie. I, I think that they're, like, the fight scenes for me are, yeah. are always good. Like, how I, I like it, those.
0: How does it compare with other hockey movies you've watched?
1: Well, Slapshot's always going to be number one, okay. no matter what. Uh, I think it's, it's up there. I mean, like, you, you know, you're, you're getting more, like, historical movies where you're talking about movies like Miracle. Yes. Um, but in the, in Slapshot's one, it's one of the best sports movies, one of the best comedy
0: movies you'll ever find. So nothing will ever beat that one for me. Did you like Mystery Alaska?
1: Um, I, I don't, I haven't seen that one. Okay. That's with Russell, that's
0: with Russell Crowe, but you have seen Mighty Ducks. Yes, I have seen Mighty Ducks. How do you compare young blood to Mighty Ducks?
1: I think it's a little bit better. I I think uh, Mighty Ducks, when you're a kid, you probably think that's the best hockey movie you'll see. And then as you get older, you, you just cherish those, uh, nice memories as a kid. And then it kind of, it kind of grows, you kind of grow out of it. So I think, um, I think this young blood is, is a little bit better.
0: Okay. I like that. Um, meanwhile, other tweets coming in. This one hit a few hours ago from our pal MC Horrible, who tweets the show, why is this not the UTEP logo? He's talking about the Midland Rockhounds cap, the official road cap that Jaime brought by the radio station. And uh, this was, uh, by the way, MC Horrible first alerted me to this cap. I had no idea what this cap was until he talked about it. Then he said, why aren't there any dope new era cap selections for UTEP? That is a great question. That right there really is. Now, I know New Era is big with baseball. That's the biggest. Major and minor league baseball is what it's at. But does New Era make a lot of caps for colleges? Because I'll be honest with you, like, when I go to, and, and look at the official caps that the Texas Longhorns are wearing, it's Nike. It's not New Era. So I wonder, does New Era even get involved in the college hat business?
1: Yeah, You know, um, I don't think... Know about this, Steve? I'm looking right now just to kind of uh, kind of go through it. I'm seeing uh, a 5950 fitted uh, Texas Longhorn burn orange cap that mm. I just found online, uh, but it doesn't seem like they advertise this too much. Uh, however, I, I agree with what uh, you know. We got the tweet that we got from MC Horrible 915. By the way, I think he rocks this one pretty nicely. He does, and uh, I feel like yeah, I'm I'm totally with him. This should definitely be some uh, something that UTEP has or you know, UTEP should just be in the mix for new era hats.
0: I agree. You know, I got a haircut yesterday, so I tried on Pinky's cap, and I got to tell you, a little snug, but a fit. It fit enough that I can get away with wearing it. Joel looked in and said, you got to keep that hat on, Dad. I go, okay. I will have severe cap head after wearing that cap. But I will still, I will still rock that hat after what he did yesterday.
1: Okay, nice, all right. And then he's already got another one, so you don't have to worry about uh, Pinky coming back and, and swiping this one back to him. So yeah, you can hold on to this one.
0: I hope his other cap fits. Seriously, what if his second seven and eighth is even bigger than this one?
1: <laughs> that would be that'd be hilarious. Oh man, I, at that point, you you might just travel to Midland and pick one out for yourself. Pinky. I
0: agree with you. I agree with you. Jordan Balls uh, tweeted. Uh, Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Steve have the same voice. What do you think, Steve? I th- I've, now I know Chris Mannix from uh, his time, you know, all his years at SI. Um, I'll be honest with you, Adrian. I never even thought about this as a possibility. Just to give you an idea, you tell me: Does Chris Mannix sound like me? Three, two, one. All right. Just wrapped up a couple of days in Salt Lake City for the Utah Summer League. Uh, headed to Las Vegas, where the main summer league takes place, starts on Thursday. But the story of the Salt Lake Summer League was Chet Holmgren. The number. Okay, so you tell me, does that is uh, according to uh, Jordan? He thinks we sound the same. I uh, don't. Ag-
1: I don't agree on this. I've listened to Chris Mannix before in NBA podcasts and stuff like that. I do not think that he sounds like you. I, I don't even think that he sounds remotely like you. I I don't know where
0: he's coming with this one. I don't know. I do you mean, do you
1: see similarities there?
0: No, or hear similarities? Yeah, do you hear similarities? No, not really. I don't know. I'm yet to find anybody that really sounds like me. But I appreciate the effort from Jordan. One of these days, I like if if I ever find you know um, a doppelga- a doppelganger sound alike, I'm excited about that. That'll be fun.
1: That's one of those things that you actually like hang your hat on. Like, wow, that's that's actually pretty cool to hear somebody who kind of sounds like me. And uh, then you, you, at that point, they might be taking some cadence from you. You might be taking some cadence from them. So, yeah, I don't I don't think this is the case right now.
0: I'm with you on that one. Ed McDonald at Minor Eddie Mac tweets the show. Oh, by the way, James Caan died today. May he rest in peace. Numerous movies, obviously the famous one, The Godfather and uh, the original Rollerball. R.I.P. Yeah, no doubt. James Caan, one of the all-time greats, um, he passed away at the age of 82 today. And, uh, you know, you. I, I think about Godfather. I think about Misery, which is a cl- – I mean, you just saw that movie. That was one of your recent movies. Oh, yeah. James Caan was amazing in that one, as was Kathy Bates. Um, you just look at all the movies he's been a part of. Uh, there's some great ones. And, man, he's actually has – three movies uh, that two that are in production and one that's coming out next year that he's also going to be in. So he was working all the way up till his, uh, till his death, but one of the greats and uh, definitely going to miss, miss James Caan in a big way.
1: He was fantastic in Misery, by the way, and I—that was one of the the top, uh, I guess, uh, bananas that I awarded to a movie that I've seen over the past couple months. Uh, Misery, a fantastic film. Godfather, uh, one of the best of all time, as well.
0: Yeah, you can't go wrong with those movies. You really can't. And and think about what he did. Plus, Rollerball was a, a classic uh, from the seventies. Uh, roller skate. You know, it's a it's it's just a uh, it's a wild movie to see. It really is. So he was in that. I'm looking to see. He was in Dick Tracy. Uh, What else was he in? That was. Is that movie
1: Thief good?
0: He was in 1941, although he was uncredited. He was a sailor in a fight. That was, you know, the the movie with, um, uh, what's his name? Um, John Belushi. He was in 1941. That's also interesting. Uh, Which one were you saying? Thief. I don't know if I ever saw Thief.
1: 1981.
0: Hmm. He was in Brian's song.
1: Great movie, great movie right there.
0: Oh yeah, matter of fact, he played Brian Piccolo in that movie. Wow, yeah, I'm
1: looking at his face right there. He looks so he he looks very unrecognizable right there.
0: I know, I'm with you on that one. So anyway, yeah, we lost James Con, and that's been rough. And and also, uh, we never really talked about this at all, but. On July 4th, we lost Hank Goldberg, and Hank Goldberg joined Sports Talk on a couple of different occasions over the years. You might remember Hank. He was on ESPN forever. He was always at the Kentucky Derby and doing all the horse racing picks, but he was an—he was iconic in Miami, one of the great uh, sports radio hosts of uh, the Miami era and uh he was also uh, i believe 80 years old or 82 as well so we lost uh, hank goldberg the same week we lost james con that's uh, that's tough
1: yeah it was tough news to hear this earlier this week i mean somebody who is just uh, known for what he was doing as as far as predicting games and sports and things like that and i didn't i didn't realize that he was on sports talk before and he was a guest here
0: yeah years ago we had uh, we had hank on the show and uh again uh, some of the uh, you know the great throwbacks uh, from ESPN uh, some fifteen twenty years ago. All right, uh, bottom of the hour, final thirty minutes here on Sports Talk. Let's send it back to Adrian right now and get one last Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much for that. We appreciate it as we continue here on the show. If you want to weigh in right now, five zero five six zero zero nine. That is our telephone number as we continue. Five zero five six zero zero nine. Get you right on in. And through to the program um this is really cool too tomorrow tim hardaway and uh, aaron jones are going to make a very special appearance together adrian i don't know if you had a chance to see and and hear about this or not but uh the two are going to be in town as part of an event that will involve uh, some hospital visits tomorrow
1: I saw this. This is so neat that, the, uh, uh, that they are going to visit the El Paso Children's Hospital. Steve, I, I mean, you're, you're talking about two of the best to ever come through El Paso as far as athletes and, li- and living athletes, for that matter. Um, Tim Hardaway, senior, and, uh, of course, Aaron Jones.
0: No, you're right. It's going to be happening tomorrow afternoon at the El Paso Children's Hospital, and uh, they are going to have the opportunity to visit with children uh, throughout the hospital and uh, then also have a private meet-and-greet with patients and donors um, on the uh, patient floors. That is super. It really is. Now, Aaron lives in El Paso. He's made visits like this before, and I'm happy he's going to be taking part in this. But I'm also really happy that Tim Hardaway is coming back into town, fresh off his uh, Hall of Fame uh, vote and uh, upcoming induction in a couple of months into Springfield, Massachusetts. That's also really cool to see uh Tim Hardaway the UTEP two step Arriving back in town for this event,
1: yeah, this is really, really awesome, Steve. I I know that they were doing this uh, with another musician, Lil J, uh, who is also uh, joining the Aaron Jones All the Way Foundation as well, the A N A All the Way Foundation. So I guess he helped uh, orchestrate this and and get this or in place. But the fact that Aaron Jones and Tim Hardaway Senior heading back to El Paso to visit these kids, that's a it's an unbelievable story. I love this.
0: It really is. So that's uh, happening uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, here on Sports Talk. Also, here's an interesting story that I hadn't seen, but Chris Bassett said today that he is probably uh, not going to inform, uh, he probably won't inform team and Major League Baseball officials if he feels COVID-19 symptoms in the future and uh, that Major League Baseball should just stop testing. That's what Chris Bassett had to say. He was placed on the COVID-19 list on July 1st after complaining about sluggishness to team officials. The right-hander missed his scheduled start against Texas last Friday and only rejoined the team today. Here's what he said before the Mets season opener, a uh, series opener against the Marlins today. I probably won't tell him again. There's no way. There's no reason. He also claimed he was asymptomatic. Uh, the quote is this, just stop testing Stop acting like COVID is far worse than a lot of other things, he said. I was never sick. He noted that under MLB's protocols, a positive test could mean ongoing testing that keeps an asymptomatic player out for an extended period. The quote is, I guess the answer is I never should have said anything, he said. He explained he tested himself after feeling sluggish because he has a daughter. The quote is, If I can somehow be safe, I will. I tested myself. It was positive. So I basically had the choice to tell them so I could protect my teammates or not say anything and put my teammates at risk. I never had a symptom. I woke up perfectly fine the next day, have not had a symptom since. Now, here's what I don't understand about Chris Bassett. He's saying protect his teammates and not put them at risk but now he's saying he probably wouldn't uh, bother saying anything to the team into Major League Baseball again, which completely goes against what he was trying to do in the first place.
1: Yeah, that's hypocritical. If you're trying to help your team, you're, you're letting anybody know if you have symptoms like that in this world that we're living in right now. Uh, this might sound like an ing- ignorant question, but I didn't realize that, uh, that uh, Major League Baseball was still testing for COVID. I, I mean, it was so murky yeah. at the end of the NBA playoffs as far as who was getting tested, who wasn't, like Al Horford, Coming back after testing positive for COVID just five days after you know immediately back in the mix, there there were a lot of cases like that in the NBA. So I I wasn't aware of this out of Major League Baseball.
0: Well, Chris Bassett, uh, this season so far for the Mets is uh, five uh, six and five with a four oh one ERA. one um, ERA, and you know as as pitched, um, he's pitched all right for them. He's had his ups and downs, but apparently he believes that uh, COVID should not even be part of it. Interesting. It's a subject I'm going to ask Tim because I'm curious is to know what the policies are right now in AAA with the Chihuahuas. We'll find that out next during our final countdown as Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso.